The text that calls for our attention on this Lord's Day is our gospel reading for today, where Jesus appears to the disciples and offers them peace, as well as these words from 1 Peter. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice in joy, with a joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The National Football League season is still months from beginning. But I can tell you who will win the Super Bowl next year. <laughs> It'll be that team wearing gold and green from Green Bay, the Packers. I didn't need to listen to the scouting reports or check and see how they did in the preseason. I didn't even know, need to know who was on the schedule this year. The Packers will win. We all agree on that, right? <laughs> I know this, you know, because they are my team. Others might call it blind faith. And I suppose since the Packers haven't even made the Super Bowl for a number of years, maybe they have a few points on their side. Maybe there's something I refuse to acknowledge because of my faith in the green and gold. Last week, surrounded by lilies and special music and all the hallelujahs, we proclaimed that Jesus was the ultimate victor over death and the grave. We rejoiced that his resurrection, by his grace, is our resurrection, both already now through baptism and on the last day, when Christ returns. We gloried at the devil's expense, celebrating that death itself had been defeated forever, its iron grip relaxed. We wanted to let the whole world know that Jesus had won, and decisively so. Let me ask you about the last seven days then since Easter morning. Was every day in that seven days just as celebratory as Easter morning? Was your life just filled with one spirit-lifting experience after another? Everywhere you went, was it just completely obvious that Jesus was in control and that he had victory over every sin and trouble? What about in your own life? Did the power of Christ's resurrection... Was it so fruitful in your life that sin could not even find a way into your schedule? My guess is that for most of us, the week after Easter wasn't as at least constantly as uplifting as Easter morning itself. My guess is that most of us during this week dealt with people who were sick. Maybe we even dealt with people who were dying. We dealt with relationships that weren't running quite as smoothly as we wish they were. Maybe we dealt with relationships that seemed that they would never, ever be repaired. And quite frankly, I'm sure we probably all ran into a situation or two where at least to the eyes it appeared that evil was winning the day. And as for our lives, we have to admit, they were still so tainted by that sin that Jesus conquered. So was our proclamation last week that Jesus was the victor just another example of blind faith without any real firm foundation? Is our faith blind? Well, in one sense, yes, it is. 
I mean, after all, Jesus did not show up here last week visibly in his body for us to be able to touch his nail-scarred hands or to place our hand into his pierced side. Oh, we believe that he was here in his body and in his blood, but we also admit that that's not something that can be seen with our human eyes alone. But you know, after all, isn't all faith really blind? It's sort of part of the nature of faith itself. It can't fully grasp that thing that it clings to. That's what makes it faith. The author of the Hebrew said, faith is the conviction of things unseen. Thomas, he had evidence. He had evidence of Jesus' resurrection given to him to feel with his hands and to see with his eyes. And in comparison, we have blind faith. Jesus says, blessed are those who believe even though they do not see. But I must admit that there is one difference in my blind faith in the Packers and our blind faith in the resurrected Jesus. And that is the foundation that lies underneath each of those beliefs. As much as I may not like it, the Packers do not have a guarantee to win each year. I've watched all too many seasons in to prove that point definitely. Jesus, on the other hand, is guaranteed to win because we know he has already won. He won at the cross. And then he manifested that victory on Easter morning. And one day he will come again in glory and make that victory very evident to one and to all alike. Yes, he will come and establish that victory and manifest it forever. You see, blind faith is only as good as the thing it trusts in. Thankfully, when we're trusting in Jesus, our blind faith then is as good as gold. Perhaps if you listen to Peter, it's even better than gold. Each Sunday, we come together and we celebrate this truth. After all, each Sunday is meant to be a little Easter celebration. You could say that each week we gather early in the morning outside the empty tomb and we rejoice. And it's good that we would do this week after week for being reminded of the assurity of our faith. Each Sunday helps us make it through those days that are there between Sundays. For at times, those days indeed do test our faith. For while we know that we share in the resurrection of Christ already now, and that we will share in it fully on the last day, we have to admit that often our eyes try to argue with what our hearts believe to be true. And that's a real temptation. After all, ask Thomas. He knew that Jesus was dead. That is what his eyes had seen days before. And so he said he would never believe that Jesus was alive just because somebody had told him so. No, his eyes argued with his heart. He wanted confirmation of the resurrection that his eyes could behold and that his hands could hold. Yes, we also have to admit that at times we are tempted to doubt our faith because of what our eyes see. We, at times, have to watch someone that we love die before our eyes. 
And when we do, it's very difficult in that moment to truly just believe in the resurrection of the body, to trust that that will override the very thing that we see right before our eyes. Our eyes get so filled with death. And it's hard then to let our heart tell our eyes that the life that we think has ended has continued for the one who believes in the Lord. And as for our belief that we are already raised up to live new lives before God, well, that is another thing that the devil loves to try to convince us is not true. And again, he uses our eyes those eyes that perhaps are peering into a mirror looking at ourselves. For every time we fall into sin, Satan loves to come and chuckle into our ears. Look at yourself. You call that victory over sin? You have no power over sin. You're just as bound as you always were. Yes, our experience argues with what our hearts know to be eternally true. Yes, Satan loves to do anything he can to place what we believe because of our faith in contrast to what our eyes see. For he hopes that eventually we'll only believe those things that our eyes can take in. He does this not only in regards to the resurrection, which we talked about today, but really to any point of our faith. He asks us to look at water that sits in a baptismal font and ask us how that could do anything other than get someone's head wet. He asks us to look at our sinful pastor and causes us to question how is it that God can use a person like that to deliver to me the forgiveness of my sins. He wants us to look at the wafers and the wines on the altar when we celebrate communion and question how Christ could possibly be present in such things. He loves to mock our blind faith in Jesus and his promises. But as God's people, given his Holy Spirit, we do not in the end listen to Satan's chuckles, but rather we trust in Christ's promises. In Christ, he says we are blessed because we believe though we have not seen. He says that the troubles that we endure in our lives from day to day only test and purify that faith rather than destroy it. And he says that if we persist in keeping the faith we will receive the very salvation of our souls from Jesus. Yes, he says that one day those blind eyes of faith that we have had will be opened up, will be raised up to new life, and we will see Jesus as he is. We'll see him face to face, or better yet, eye to eye. Yes, we will see him. We will see that new heaven and earth that he has created and we will see all of God's people who were sustained by blind faith there gathered together once again. Yes, we will have to admit it. None of us here have ever seen the living Jesus with our eyes. We admit that sometimes our eyes show us things that our hearts wish they would not. And yes, we will admit that our struggle with sins continues even after the victory of Easter. So yes, in one way, we have blind faith. But that doesn't mean it's a poor faith, because it is attached to the great Jesus. As our text said, though we have not seen him, we love him. And though we do not see him now, we believe in him and rejoice with an inexpressible joy being filled with glory. 
Yes, our faith, our blind faith is in Jesus and the gifts that he has promised to bring. And those things, they are sure. They are sure because Jesus has risen from the grave. He keeps all of his best gifts for us for that last day. He keeps them in heaven far away from the corruption of this world. In this, we know that this world oh, will have some trials and troubles. We'll be grieved by them when they come. But in the end, we know that God is delivering us to something much greater. That he has forgiven our sins in Jesus and he has raised us up to new life through his resurrection. So this is our faith. Is it blind? Yeah, in one way. But is it rock solid certain? Absolutely. As certain as the tomb is empty. Amen.